All right. Well, today we are beginning a sermon series that I have put off for 10 years. Um, But I feel that I can't put it off any longer. And so we are starting a series today on the topic of sex. S-E-X. Sex. Uh, By the way, I do want to acknowledge that I uh, realize there are middle schoolers in today's service. And uh, while I think that everything I say today will be fine for middle schoolers to hear, uh, if you parents have any reservations after looking at the sermon outline that's in your bulletin, you would be free to take your children, and your middle school children, and have them join in with the high school class. The high school class does not know. I just offered you that so you can tell them I said it's okay. Uh, but, but if you have any uh, discomfort, you are... Uh, welcome to do that. Uh, Middle schoolers, uh, high schoolers are going to be in the services as we go through this series. I'm aware of that. And I want to let you know that I really think that they will be fine. I I really think this sermon is going to be fine uh, for them. Uh, If I come up on a sermon on a particular day that I think won't be fine for them, then I'll let you know and uh, help you make arrangements for that. Of course, one thing that I have to acknowledge is I can't guarantee that our sensitivities on this will be exactly the same. So what I think is appropriate, you may not think is appropriate. So if you have any questions, feel free to email me the questions and stay alert, stay alert. If I start veering into uh, somewhere you're uncomfortable, we will not point at you if you quickly get up and run out of the room with your children, okay? It'll, it'll be okay. Stay alert. Uh, so far, with a little bit of interaction that I've had with uh, folks in the church since uh, it's been known that the series was starting today, it seems that some of you are rather interested in the series. Uh, on Thursday this week, it's the day that our office volunteers come in and prepare the bulletin and, and send out any postcards we want to send out. Uh, they, they came this week, and you need to know that each of the volunteers was over 60 years old, and you would not believe how excited they were about this series. I have never heard so much laughing and joking around as I did with them talking about this series. It was uh, really getting kind of out of hand. I heard them uh, asking Michelle if there were going to be instructional videos. And uh, Michelle came into my office and told me that I might need to go out and calm them all down. So, so uh, maybe you've been looking forward to the series, uh, or maybe you've been dreading this series, but whatever the case with you, there are good reasons for us to do a series on sex. Sex impacts all of our lives. Uh, We are each born sexual beings. If we are physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy, there is sexual drive and sexual interest that is built into us. And so it's something that we need to address from a biblical point of view. Sex impacts us, whether we are married or single, whether we are young or old, It's a subject that is applicable to all of us in some way. And even in the case of our youngest members here today, our middle schoolers, by middle school, 
there is a decent chance that a number of our youngest members are learning quite a bit about this topic, both formally through health classes in school and informally from the playground. So this topic affects all of us. Sex is an important part of our lives. Now, it shouldn't be the most important part of our lives. There's a lot of problem if that's true, but it is an important thing. It's too important to never talk about it in church. We live in a sex-saturated culture. Sex is everywhere. You cannot avoid it. Sex sells, as they say. And with such prevalence in the culture, we need to be able to talk about it. And here's a really important reason we need to be able to talk about it in the church is because the culture gives really bad information about sex. And so if the church refuses to speak about it, if we refuse to address what the Bible says about it, then the culture's bad information gets shared, but good and right information doesn't get shared. And so we need to talk about it in the church from a biblical Perspective, And here's another important reason why we need to talk about sex in the church. Sex is responsible for a lot of damage that occurs in people's lives. When we listen to the culture instead of God, when we accept what the culture says instead of what God says, sex can bring great heartache to us. And we want people to avoid heartache. We want people to avoid the destruction that sex is often responsible for. And so to do that, we need to be able to speak about this from a biblical perspective. I'm sure there are a number of other reasons we could come up with why we should speak about it, but these reasons are certainly enough to compel us to take on this topic uh, within the church. Now, I commit to you to try to be very careful and very appropriate about how I approach and treat this subject matter. I'm also sensitive to the reality that because sex has been responsible for a great deal of heartache in many people's lives, that this series could touch on things that would be difficult for some of you. And I'm just trusting that God will provide the grace that we all need to make it through this series and that we all will be open to receiving what God wants us to receive, even if this topic does touch on some areas where we have sensitivity because of past pain. I'm even hoping that God is going to bring healing to some of you who have, uh, who have continuing pain as a result of some sexual brokenness. I am hoping that he will bring healing to you during this series. I've titled the series, Love, Sex, and God. And a few jokesters have noted that on the postcard, there's no comma between love and sex. And so you can figure out what they did with that. But the title is Love, Sex, and God. All right. There are a few people who, who got it, but okay. All right. So for today, our first message in this series I want to emphasize a very specific point. I'm not, you need to know, I'm not trying to say everything that can and should be said today. I'm, I'm focusing on a very specific point, a, a very basic point, but a really important point. One that we need to understand to begin to build a biblical view of sex. And here it is. 
Sex is God's idea. Sex is God's idea. Sex was not the devil's idea. Sex wasn't the idea, uh, wasn't an idea that Adam and Eve came up with. It's not a human invention. Sex was and sex is God's idea. God came up with it. God designed our bodies for it. God thought up and created sex. Sex did not come about as a result of sin in the Garden of Eden. Sex existed before the fall. Sex existed before sin. Sex is God's idea. The little kids here today don't seem to like this series. <laughs> so maybe they're just expressing what the rest of you are feeling. I don't know. But sex didn't come from sin. It was before the fall. Sex is God's idea. And so I want to quickly look at some specific passages of Scripture that let us know that sex is God's idea. And first we want to look at Genesis 1, 27 and 28, as well as verse 31. I think this will show up on the screen behind me. Here's what these verses say. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Now, here's a little different translation of that last sentence, one you may not have heard before, but it's a very valid translation. God blessed them and said to them, have sex and increase in number. I mean, that is the essence of what he said, because that's how they were going to be fruitful and increase in number. In verse 31, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. God created man. He created woman. He told them to have sex. He looked at everything he had made. He approved of all he had made. He recognized that everything he had made was very good. God recognized sex as very good. And that's not meant to be a provocative statement. It is a very biblically accurate statement. It is biblical. It is true. Sex is God's idea, and it's an idea God saw as very good. Now let's look at Genesis 2, 20 through 25. It essentially tells us the same thing we just read, but in a little more detail and with a little different emphasis. Here's what it says. So the man gave names to all the livestock and birds of the air and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. 
For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. This emphasis on becoming uh, one flesh is certainly a reference to sexual union, whereby two separate bodies come together as one. And then notice that they were uh, naked, and yet they were unashamed. Sex is God's idea. And because sex is God's idea, the Bible is not uncomfortable with sex, even if a lot of Christians are. Sex is not a taboo topic in the Bible. In fact, the Bible is quite comfortable with the topic. The Bible does not view sex as a topic to be avoided or to be embarrassed by because it's God's idea. So the Bible will speak very frankly about sex. The Bible even speaks in celebratory ways about sex. And this next verse that we're going to read is is, um, probably the closest I'm going to come to making you uncomfortable today. But if you get uncomfortable, just remind yourself, I'm only reading out of the Bible. Okay? So here it is, Proverbs 5, 18 through 21. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines his paths. Of course, there are a lot of things happening in this passage. One thing that's happening is it's a warning against sinful sex, but it also celebrates erotic love within the proper context, the context of marriage. Now, we can try to spiritualize passages like this, but the text doesn't really allow us to do that. I mean, it is talking about the enjoyment of body parts. It is a celebration of erotic love. And it says a man's ways are done in full view of the Lord. He examines all a man's and a woman's paths. God examines it all. And he gives a thumbs up, two thumbs up to spouses finding enjoyment in one another sexually. The entire book of Song of Songs is a celebration of erotic love. We're not going to look at specific passages from the Song of Songs today. We we actually will do that next week, but I figured that for today, one breast reference was enough. (laughs) Of course, that made two. So... uh, But Song of Songs is actually quite explicit in its celebration of erotic love, of sex. It's a very neglected book of the Bible, but it remains part of the Bible. Now, here's a passage that's very interesting. And on your outline, I I, uh, put the verse down wrong. It's 1 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. I wrote 3, 3 and 4, but it's 4, 3 and 4. 
Uh, I caused us to have the wrong thing up here in the first service, but I think we have it right this service. It's a very interesting passage. We can't fully treat it here today, but I want to offer a couple thoughts on it. Here's what it says. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Now, at first reading, you think, okay, what does that really have to do with sex? So here's what it has to do with sex. There were those in the church at that time who were saying that the flesh and all fleshly things were inherently evil. And so they were teaching that people within the church, Christians, should not marry and enjoy the pleasure of a physical union between a man and a woman. And so basically they were teaching that sexual enjoyment was not legitimate for believers. And so Paul, in writing here, is bringing correction. And so he writes that the pleasures of marital love, including erotic love, sex, were created by God to be received with thanksgiving. God created it, and it's good, so it's meant to be received with thanksgiving. And he is so adamant about this that he says in verse 1 that teaching that denies the goodness of marriage and the physical love that is present within marriage is teaching that comes by the way of demons. That's a pretty strong statement. Sex is God's idea. Created by God to be received with thanksgiving. And any teaching that makes something bad out of God's good creation is a teaching of demons. And so all these scriptures let us know with certainty that sex is God's idea. And because sex is God's idea, there are some things we need to know and acknowledge about sex. First of all, because sex is God's idea, we know that sex is good. Sex, as we read, is something God intends for us to receive with thanksgiving. Sex, as we find in scripture, is something to be celebrated. It is not something to be uncomfortable about. It is God's idea. It's a very good idea. It is good. Because sex is God's idea, it isn't something that is inherently bad. Now, it can be bad when it is abused, but in and of itself, sex is not bad. Because sex is God's idea, sex isn't dirty. I think a lot of Christians have this notion that really sex is kind of bad and dirty. But because God knew how strong our sex drives would would be, he decided to let us marry. And within marriage, he would reluctantly allow us to have sex. But that's not true. Sex isn't dirty. Sex isn't something God reluctantly lets us do. Sex isn't something that God wishes that we wouldn't do, but made this allowance called marriage to legitimize this dirty thing that he can't keep us from doing. 
Thank you. I thought there would be a lot more laughter here today, but sex isn't bad and dirty. Sex is good. God came up with the idea. It's his idea. It's his design. And because it's God's idea, it isn't something to be ashamed of. It isn't something we have a responsibility to act as though we're not interested in. It isn't something that we have to pretend we're indifferent about. Sex is God's very good idea, something to be received with thanksgiving. It is not something to be ashamed of. And because sex is God's idea, it isn't something that shouldn't be talked about. It it, it is not the topic of which we must not speak. It's not like that. Now we need to be appropriate. I'm certainly not suggesting a free-for-all on sex talk. But it is not meant to be a taboo topic. And parents, I would encourage you to resist the temptation to make sex a taboo topic with your children. Many of us probably grew up in homes where sex was a taboo topic. I would encourage you not to do that. Don't allow your own discomfort to cause you to make your kids uncomfortable talking to you about sex. You should have open communication with your kids about sex because it's God's idea. It's okay to talk about it. And let me say this. This is the other area where I might make you a little comfortable, but uh, uncomfortable. Let me say this. If your child has reached their teenage years without the talk, you've waited too long. You need to have the talk like this afternoon at lunch. (laughs) You need to have the talk. In fact, you need to have the talk way before their teenage years. And then you need to have open communication about it all through their remaining time in your home until they reach adulthood. And then once they're married, stop talking to them about it. (laughs) Please, at that point, stop. Don't want to talk about it. (laughs) My view is that you should make sure your child is comfortable asking you absolutely anything about sex. I mean, who do you want them to ask? Eddie Haskell at school? I know that's a reference a lot of you don't get anymore. But, uh, but it's funny, trust me. Eddie Haskell at school or, or you? Let them ask you anything. Anything. Of course, if you let them ask you, you can't respond in horror once they ask. You just can't do that. You just have to handle all the horror internally. Stay calm on the surface. And then answer the question matter-of-factly, truthfully, using whatever words need to be used to answer the question. Because sex is God's good idea, it is okay to talk about it. Because sex is God's idea, sex is good, it is not bad, it is not dirty, it is not something to be ashamed of, it is not something that shouldn't be talked about, and sex is a blessing. Paul in 1 Timothy told us, as we read, that it's to be received with thanksgiving. It's a blessing in many ways. It it holds the potential 
to result in the blessing of children. It is a great way to express love. It is pleasurable. Sex is God's idea. Sex is a blessing. Now we need to talk about two more very important things that we need to know about sex. Everything that I have shared up to this point is absolutely true. And at the same time, everything I've shared up to this point without these next two points sets us up for some unfortunate stuff. And so it's these next two points that are are just vitally important for us to listen to. We need to embrace everything I've said to this point, but now we need to embrace it along with these next two things that are going to be said. So here, here it is. Because sex is God's idea, he knows how it works best. God is an expert on sex. Dr. Ruth, not so much. Another reference, a lot of people. I can't believe I'm so ancient. God is an expert on sex. He came up with it. He designed it from beginning to end. I mean, try to wrap your mind around this. Sex came from the mind of God. So if you want to get the most out of sex, if you want to experience it at its best, if you want to take full advantage of the blessing it is, you ought to be willing to go to the one who thought it up, who designed it, who built our bodies and our minds to experience it, you ought to go to him to get the best sex advice. And that's a big part of what we hope to do in this series is go to God, go to his word for the best sex advice. So because sex is God's idea, he knows how it works best. And the second thing, because sex is God's idea, he gets to regulate its use. God gets to regulate what God created. It's his idea. It's it's his product, if you will. And he gets to tell us how it's to be used. And these two points are vitally important ones for us to embrace. God knows how sex works best because it's his creation, and God gets to regulate the use of his creation. These points are so important for us to remember because while sex is God's idea, and it is a very good idea, sin has corrupted all that God created. Sin has corrupted the entire creation that God created and saw that it was all very good. And that includes sex. Sin has corrupted sex. Because of sin, because of the fall, this good thing that God created for our blessing can become the cause of great heartache and even destruction. And this is the story that many of us have in this room today. A story of sex bringing heartache and destruction. God meant for it to bless us. But because of sin, instead, it has brought destruction. The promiscuity that we thought would boost our self-esteem has actually completely destroyed our self-esteem. 
the affair that we thought would be so enjoyable and, and again, boost our self-esteem. What it's done is it's torn our family apart. The imposition of sexual acts that husband and wife don't agree on have driven a wedge between them. And now what is meant to bring couples close has driven them apart. The premarital sex has resulted in a sexually transmitted disease. The abuse has caused what God meant as a blessing to be something that now can't be enjoyed. The ungodly sexual disinterest of one spouse has created tension in the marriage. And yes, sexual disinterest can be ungodly. Sex is God's idea. It is a very good idea. It is a blessing from God meant to be received with thanksgiving. But because of sin, sex can either bring blessing or it can bring destruction. Here's how we make sure that it brings blessing into our lives. First of all, we turn all of our past sexual sins, the sins that have Uh, the sins that we have committed and the sins that have been committed against us, we turn them all over to God. We allow him to forgive us of the sins that we've committed and we allow him to heal us of the sins that have been committed against us. And God will do both of those things. God will forgive you of your sexual sin and God will heal you of the sexual sin that's been done against you. And then we acknowledge that as the creator of sex, God knows how it works best. We acknowledge that as the creator of sex, God has the right to regulate its use. And we acknowledge that the reason God regulates sex is so that we will use it correctly. And in doing so, experience the blessing that he means it to be. And so we go to God, the foremost expert on sex. We learn what he has to say. How he uh, says this great gift is to be used for maximum benefit, maximum enjoyment. And then we obey him. Trusting that if we use his creation according to his instructions, we will get the most out of it and find it to truly be a blessing that we can receive with thanksgiving. I'm hopeful that God will use this sermon series in some small way toward that end. I hope that you will be here throughout this sermon series. I hope that you will be open to the healing that I believe God wants to bring into some of our lives. I hope you will be open to the guidance I believe God wants to bring to all of our lives And I hope that you'll be open to the blessing that God wants to bring through his good gift, his good creation of sex. Why don't you stand?